From the middle of nowhere, southern Tennessee. And northern British Columbia. A Canadian-born American. And an English-born Canadian. I'm Nathan. I'm Miles. And you're listening to... The Distant Runners Podcast. Well, welcome to another episode of The Distant Runners. Uh, you'll hear, unfortunately, that I am recovering from a cold, so I apologize to your ears, my friendly listeners. I may be coughing during this, and I will do my best to be quiet for you. Uh, we're going to start today's podcast with a little bit of a hook, um, and our hook this week is a book, uh, a book called Finding Ultra. Uh, by author Rick Roll. Um, <laughs> there you go. Uh, so Rick started out his life or started out his career as being heavily overweight, eating poorly, barely exercising. He was also um, an addict uh, since then, he has become an ultra runner, eating a vegetable-based diet only, and running something called the Ultraman, which is uh, just a ridiculous feat of endurance, uh, and uh, yeah, definitely well worth a read. Well, it definitely sounds interesting and probably one that I'm going to be adding to my uh, list, reading list of uh, books that I, I listen to when I, I run. It sounds like it'll be an interest, interesting, inspirational story. This week's or this episode's topic is uh, one that I think a lot of people have a lot of uh, misconceptions about. Um in fact, I had a conversation a little bit with uh, some of my family about it today, actually. It's, uh, or at least an aspect of it. Um, the topic is the benefits of running as a lifetime hobby. Um, and we'll get into it a little bit more, but one of the, the misconceptions that uh, we hear, at least I hear, and I'm sure, Miles, you've probably heard this too, um, with with running and, and that being a lifetime hobby is that you know the the toll it's going to take on your knees and stuff and that was what I was talking about with my family today about it but uh, but yeah to uh, to to kind of introduce us a little bit to this topic um, and to join us on our episode this week uh, we have another guest last episode we had uh, our spouses on to share our secrets and talk about what it's like being married to a, a runner uh, and this episode we have uh, the honor of being joined by my father Mr. Art Wanich who has been running for pretty much his whole life so welcome dad and uh yeah, why don't you share a little bit about how you got into running? Uh, yeah, okay, thank you. Interesting, you guys said you were, your spouses you were married to, and well, I've been sort of married to running 
for most of my life. Uh, how did I start running? Well, I, I was, I started life in Northern Alberta and I think Miles living in the country and Northern British Columbia knows it's, it's pretty easy to run, to be athletic because that's what, that's kind of what you do there. And as children, that's all we did. I only wore shoes in the wintertime because it was really cold. Other than that, it was barefoot and mom didn't see us till nighttime. And so off we went and, and just running and, and playing and you just become naturally athletic. Uh, stepped on up na nails, <laughs> are footed and you just kick the nail off and carry on. And <laughs> you get tough or die. Well, none of us ever died. So, <laughs> well, you're you're lucky that you're able to kick them off. Art. I once had the misfortune of standing on a nail during a race, and uh, oh, it, no. it stuck momentarily. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So, anyway, when I was uh, early in my life, we moved we moved to the city. And, and it was, it was the first time that I realized we were poor in the country. We were probably poor, but we never knew that everybody, it was a hunter hunting, hunting uh, trapping community. So we always had lots of food around, but I guess we didn't have any money, but it really didn't matter then, but in the city it did matter. And uh, so we moved a lot. And as a result of that, when I was in grade seven, uh, I was transferring schools in January, just after Christmas. And I was going into my sixth school. So needless Ooh. to say, it was hard to make, uh, make friends. And uh, so I was there. Also being uh, Native Canadian or First Nations is in, in Western Canada, uh, lesser today, but more so in those days, it was, uh, there was, there was a, a fair amount of racism by some people uh, towards us. And so uh, my home school, we were, we had home schools or home classrooms, excuse me. So my home class, we had uh, three, three grades of grade seven in my school. And so my home class had, had the grade bully in that class and the grade seven bully was in our class and, and he'd walk by and he was he he didn't like me from day one and uh i know it was it was it wasn't a great welcome and uh so one day he punched me in the arm as he walked by <laughs> and i grabbed him and did some stuff back and uh so he never punished me again but anyway that was about uh three months into it and so i got the bully off my back and uh my t my home room teacher happened to be the the running coach in the school and she asked me if i wouldn't she saw i was having difficulty fitting in so she so she asked me if i would uh come and join the running team and so, 
so I did. And uh, here we discovered something that I was good at. I was, I was better than just about all the kids. And so right away, I, I had, I had uh, great, great success right away. And then through grade eight, through grade nine, and uh, what's called junior high school in Western Canada, I, I, uh, I performed real well. Won a lot of races. Uh, went from that little kid in grade seven to the kid. I was uh, I was the the school jock from grade eight on, and I did. It was it was it was. Uh, that's just the way it was. I wasn't really going after that it was seeking that i was i was happy running that when i'm alone running that's that's where i that's where i'm happy and then uh i stopped running uh just after high school seriously and uh have had no desire to to race or anything uh part of that was was driven by the fact that I, I just lost, I just lost reason to run, because I had been training for so hard, usually twice a day, all year round, uh, and I won a lot. There was there was a lot of benefit to it, but but the only thing I wanted to do was uh, run for my parents, and I kept asking them to come come and watch me run, come and watch me run. And yeah, 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 we'll come. And they never came, never once. And uh, as much as all the kids uh, glorified me in school and stuff, it that wasn't what I needed. I wanted some support from home and I never got it. And, and, I, and I just couldn't run anymore. I couldn't run like that. And I, I just... I walked away from running. Uh, sad to say, but I never really did walk away from running because I couldn't. I couldn't do. I couldn't not run, but I didn't have to. I didn't have to race. And so I. I uh, I probably should have gone into coaching or something. That probably would have been a, a good idea. But I just sort of just kept on running and. Uh, and as the years have gone by. You know, I, I like, I like thinking of the thoughts of the different conditions I've run in when the weather is, you know, very, very cold, 30 below or whatever, you know, you have to work, you have to work your way to that. You can't go out and run in 30 below weather, but your your body is absolutely conditioned to do that. And then I also ran in, uh, in Fahrenheit, 112 degrees, when uh, we were in Fiji, <laughs> and then uh, I was in Texas a couple of years ago. It was 104 degrees, and I told the guys, I said, "Listen, I'm going to go for a run. If I don't come back in about an hour, somebody send somebody out <laughs> to find." That's, it's it's not comfortable, is it? Running in that kind of those temperature extremes, I. Uh... A distinct memory of running a number of years back doing a half marathon and uh with the wind chill it was minus 50 degrees c 
<laughs> I got I got frostbite on three toes that day. Yeah, I don't know if your eyes are meant to be out in that was the only thing I ever worried about in being cold was my eyes. I didn't know if my eyes were meant to be out in that kind of temperatures. I th- I think the eyelashes freezing together and trying to keep some kind of protection over them tells us that we shouldn't do that. I think what that <laughs> means is we're crazy, but we're runners. That's <laughs> it, part of the definition. Anyway, uh, I guess the the beautiful part of being married to running is that you want to share that joy. And uh, you know, I've my uh, my wife uh, Joan started running very early on. Uh, in fact, the first time, <laughs> the first time uh, after we'd gone out. A couple of times, I she came for a run with me, and she couldn't make it around the block. And I got to tell you, that was just about it. I <laughs> I just about ended it there because I I just couldn't see myself being long term with somebody who wasn't going to run. But <laughs> I got to tell you, she has uh, more than kept up with me over the years now. But anyway. Uh, Back to being married to running and the joy it's brought me. And, you know, I was happy to introduce it to uh, Nathan and and Jake. And while Alex runs, Sam runs, just about all of our children run. And uh, my wife's sisters, we got a couple of them into it. And out of those efforts came a couple of different track teams in the U.S., so the influence from just being asked that one time, this uh, skinny little kid in grade seven, uh, if he wanted to start running, it it has it has kind of spread out from that pebble in the water and the and the things going out. It was uh, it's been a really good journey, and I I have. A lot of why I had to walk away from running too was I could not run without expecting to win. And I don't know if you understand that, but that was hard for me. Yeah, that was my transition from high school years to university years. My transition from university to uh, where I am now. <laughs> It's hard. It is. It's very difficult to to go into a race and to know you're not going to win. I just I just couldn't do that. <laughs> it was very hard. Ever. You know what my take's been at? Is it just make the distance longer? It makes me feel better when, when the run doesn't go well. <laughs> See, the further you run, the longer you've got to think about the excuses as to why it didn't go well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep that in mind. I've got a race coming up and <laughs> it is likely going to be the my worst placing in a half marathon or marathon I've ever had just because of the quality of the race and the kind of shape I'm currently in. <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's humbling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of things seems to have changed over the years from when I was running in the 
you know, early 70s, 80s uh, with training. You know, we we worked on a lot of form. I don't see that a lot nowadays. You know, the the coaches that turn out runners nowadays, the, the, the form just looks horrible most of the time. It just hurts watching people run down the street. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> and I was just telling Nathan, uh, one of the things that we, we, we stressed was silent running. So you, you can't hear your feet hitting the, the ground. And when you can't hear your feet hitting the ground, you don't waste any energy at all. And that, that, that's been uh, a good thing for me. But it's just it's like you're gliding. Yeah, it's it just hurts listening to people stomp, stomp, stomp. And I think that's maybe when they damage their bodies. You know, I've I've done this most of my life, and my knees are and my hips are fine, and I'm mid sixties now. And um, I do envy you. I'm definitely no stomper, but I've I'm one knee surgery in. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Anyway, so at less, at less than half the age. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, maybe all I can add. If you guys have any questions or something, I'll I'll just hang out here and listen to you guys. So, Miles, you got any questions? Um, I think I would ask now. <coughs> Sorry, guys. I think I would ask now. Um, do you find that your perspective through experience of your need to win, do you think that has brought you any, uh, advantages in the way that you look in like, look at life in general? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's, uh, that's kind of washed across my whole character in life, if you will. It's just, I don't try to, like if I join a group, I don't try to lead it, but before long I'm leading it. Uh, and it's not that I, that I need to, I, I'm just a bad follower. <laughs> I think. I would agree with that. So I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know how to phrase it. Like you said, it does it. I don't know if it's an advantage or what. I guess the thing is, I'm not like I've. Uh, when you run, you go for it. You know when you're ready and you do it and you and you go do it. Uh, in life, I I'm I'm not scared to make decisions. I make a decision and. And I go with that. And, and uh, that's what I find is, is people are afraid to make decisions. They would rather you make a decision for them so they can point the finger at you. And I've yeah. never been afraid to make decisions. And because I'm not afraid to make decisions, that has always propelled me up. And uh, That's awesome. So, yes. But that, that is, I think that stems from my need to, the competitive nature of, our family. Uh, just one last thing, if I could add. One time we were at a camp, a summer camp. Five of us were at the camp and we were playing this game called, uh, what was it called? Capture the Flag. And five 
five of us, us family members were there. And it's a it's a game, it's a kids camp and everybody's happy and when the game was over and we came out of the woods, five of us were bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> Not to say we're competitive. But <laughs> so <clears throat> well I think you, you touched on something that is a a trait that I'm I'm not going to say it's exclusive to runners, but is one that runners have a very intimate understanding of. And that's that, that concept of taking ownership of your, of the results of your performance. And we were kind of, talking before we started recording that one of the reasons that I got into running and I mean my my dad encouraged it but he never forced it upon me or pushed me into it but he's told me on multiple occasions that the one of the the big things for me was that I just got sick of losing in team sports when I was trying my hardest and my team wasn't teammates weren't. And I think the beauty of running is that there is no one to point that finger to. It all boils down to whether you put in the work. If, if you know, it forces you to be honest with yourself and face the reality of your fitness level, where you're at, and if you're not where you want to be, you really only have yourself to blame. Case in point, my ultra marathon this summer, <laughs> 240 Ks of training for a 118 K race. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, but I think, how did I think it would go? <laughs> <laughs> I think that that trait really is one that, you know, I personally value, um, you know, with my current employment, I'm, I'm part of a team, but what I do like about it is that the bulk of my success falls on how hard I work. And while it's a team, a team, you know, working together to achieve one goal, I'm really trying to work to achieve my goal. And that, my goal, how close I come to achieving it, fall you know is is reflective of of how much effort I put into it. So in a lot of ways, it's similar to to running, and I think that's part of why I'm enjoying it so much. But yeah. but so Miles, from a kinesiology perspective, what? would you say some of the benefits of a, you know being a lifetime runner would be? Well, you're definitely going to see cardiovascular benefits. That's clear. Uh, healthy heart later into life, you're going to be seeing less occlusion in the arteries and vessels that supply oxygen to the heart. So massively decreased risk of uh, heart attack or um, blood supply related issues, including um poor circulation to the feet and hands as we age. You're going to see less of that as you get into uh, the golden years, if you will. Um, 
gents, you'll be happy to hear that uh, it's going to maintain your libido. <laughs> <laughs> and the same with the ladies, believe it or not. So if you need no other reason, go with that one. <laughs> uh, you're going to see decreased osteoporosis as you get older, which, you know, risk of breaking a bone. It's fantastic to have to worry less about that as you age. <laughs> um, you'll see balanced hormones, um, increased chance of fertility. Uh, really, the, the benefits can be for the young runner and the old runner alike. So maintaining that, uh, that pastime or that activity truly is key to um, quality of life and longevity of life. Yeah. Miles, from a, again, from a kinesiology point of view, is it ever too late to start running? Uh, no, it isn't ever too late to start running. But what I would caution, uh, dependent upon what age you're looking at getting into running, is you need to do your research. You need to understand, <coughs> excuse me, you need to understand how you move at this stage in your life and have an accurate understanding of that so that you can purchase appropriate footwear so that you don't then injure yourself. Uh, I'm a firm believer in uh, minimalist style shoes uh, or at the very least uh, a barefoot style shoe. Um, and that's not something that you necessarily want to start immediately with at the age of, you know, 65, 70, if that's when you d decide to start running um, and then do yourself a harm because of it. <laughs> so long and short, no, it truly isn't ever too late to start running, but seeking out appropriate coaching or advice from other runners really is going to benefit you when you're ready to get going. Yeah. And I think you touched on something really important there with like the footwork or foot footwear. I very much like you agree with the, the barefoot minimalist style for me personally. I don't recommend it for everyone either, but uh, especially oh, as you're not. learning to run properly um specifically to me the biggest concern is is someone who wants to run to maybe lose weight <laughs> improper footwear can if that's the case you know basing that on how you run can be horrible for your body oh yeah um so I, I would agree with the, the whole never too late to start. And it's like start as soon as you can, but start properly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So have you noticed other benefits 
that have come or that you would attribute to running that aren't necessarily running related on on a you know i don't know on a personal level no it 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 does give you a huge amount of confidence for sure when you're when your body feels good when you stand up straight when your posture's good when you know at at my age you look you look uh you know I'm 30 pounds heavier than I was when I left high school so that's uh I mean, I was 129 pounds when I was in high school. <laughs> uh, but just you know, seeing seeing people, it it's maybe gratifying when when people are are surprised at your age with how the shape you're in. I think the the confidence is can kind of be a, a two-edged or double-edged sword uh, in some aspects. Because I remember when I was running really well in college, I was very confident. And then because I had developed that, that expectation to be up near the front competing, and then started finding myself out of the kind of shape I wanted to be in and struggling to get back in shape and not really wanting even to run because I wasn't going to be competitive. Um, knowing that I had once been there and I now am not, was kind of a, a big blow to the confidence. Um, but then again, coming, getting back into training and, and, and into running regularly as a, as a hobby, as opposed to as a job. Um, you know, the, the confidence came back and I don't know if it would be ever, it, I don't know if I can say if I will ever get back to that confidence that I had in college when I'm, you know, in, in regards to running, but the confidence that I have in all areas of life now, I think is better off because of everything I went through with running. Cause it does teach you to push through adversity, take ownership of your results and all those things. It, I think it makes you a better person, develops lots of good traits. Uh, and so that has bled over to the confidence, I guess. Uh, so I guess I'm, I'm more well-rounded when it comes to confidence now, whereas before I was very confident in my running and maybe not everywhere else. I don't know if that makes sense, but. I, I can tell you one thing a couple of months ago my sister-in-law's uh two boys were they were always uh chasing this one guy they never beat him and uh one day in one race a couple of months ago they both they came second and third very close to him 
and and I'm sorry I didn't tell them, but I told Joan. I said, they're in his head. He will never beat them again. And the next race they ran, they both beat him. And that's that that loss of confidence where he knew he had these two guys, and then all of a sudden, he maybe he didn't, <laughs> and uh, and they both beat him. And that I don't know if I don't know if he'll get that confidence back or not. But that that seems a fairly common sort of thing. Ooh, that that is a is a topic that we are going to discuss in another a future episode because <laughs> there's especially when it comes to racing, uh, you know, the higher levels. There's confidence and mind games play huge part in it, but. Hmm. I can tell you a humorous story. It's it's it was when you were in uh uh <laughs> in uh college here and uh we rode at at a, a meet, it was a cross country thing and I used to go watch Nathan run as much as I could. And so they went around in the park in the bush. This is at Fanshawe College. And they they were about, uh, I don't know, half a mile from the finish, I guess. And they come up the rise out of the woods. And Nathan's leading. And then there's this other guy fairly close behind him. And this coach standing beside me, he goes, hey. He said, uh. That's my boy in second place. <laughs> I said, oh. I said, that's my boy in first place, and your boy ain't going to catch mine. <laughs> and and he didn't. It's just, uh, I mean, that was one thing I knew about about Nathan, was if he was there, you were not going to catch him. And uh, <laughs> I thought that was humorous. <laughs> that was my very first uh, collegiate victory. Um So yeah, I I remember that. He everyone called him B Man. Uh, B B Manette or B Manette, I think was his name. Who was that? The guy with behind him. Yeah, we uh, we became friends uh, after that that race and saw him around. Uh, I think he probably beat me a couple other times, but he he was he was a good runner. So. Uh, but uh, yeah, one thing I definitely don't like to do is is lose to someone in the last uh, hundred to two hundred meters of a race. So, all right. Well, I think it's time for our workout of the episode, which I believe falls to you, Miles. Excellent. Okay, so workout of the week is nice and simple. It's eight reps of 800 meters, so that's two laps of the track, Ooh. at your marathon equivalent. So if your goal is, say, a three-hour and five-minute marathon, your 800 meter should be a three-minute, five-second run. So your 800 should be three minutes, five seconds. Your rest following that repetition 
is also three minutes and five seconds. So another example, if your marathon goal time is 2.30, your 800 meter time should be two minutes and 30 seconds. And you get a two minute, 30 second break, which is going to be a light jog. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Nothing too complicated. Just a one-to-one work-to-rest ratio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, an equivalency pacing. You know, it's funny that you uh, have chosen this particular workout. My dad still holds the record in Alberta for the fastest 880 run, I think, at the high school level for males. Um, Part of that reason is because he was a great runner. The other part of that reason is they no longer run the 880. (laughs) (laughs) So his record is never going to fall. That's a pretty solid way to make sure that you keep the record, really, isn't it? Which, it's still, I mean, it's the same distance as at 800 meters. <laughs> it's still two laps on the track. It's just called something different now. So. <laughs> Amazing. It is. Um, so, quite a fitting uh, workout for the episode, I think. I think so. But I yeah, guess that. Hmm. I was just saying. Yeah, I think so. I agree. Yeah. I think uh, that leads me to uh, our advice of the episode, which I think is, you know, quite fitting as well, given the conversation that we had, uh, especially towards the end, when we were kind of kind of bleeding into what some some future discussions we'll have but um so the advice of the the episode is uh to be patient with your progress um everyone wants to be that overnight success but in 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 reality with running it's it's just not gonna happen it doesn't work that way uh you know success just demands the foundation that comes with consistency and and time spent training you know um and so that can be one of the hardest things for for new runners is to expect progress Uh, to come quickly and while it does it does still take time and you do have to learn to be patient with yourself Um, also keep in mind that you're not always going going to be making forward progress towards your goals Uh, there are going to be setbacks there are going to be times where maybe you take a step sideways but it still does mean you're you're making progress um not all progress has to be physical fitness progress. Um, uh, you know, a lesson learned is still a pro- 
progression towards your goal. Um, and so it might not be physical, but it could be a mental step forward uh, in terms of your mindset, your development as a runner, your tactics, whatever it might be. So what, regardless of which aspect of running you are progressing in, just be patient with your progress and it will come. Thank you so much for that wonderful advice for this podcast, Nathan. And uh, to our listeners, thank you for tuning in and we'll catch you again soon. Till next time. See you guys. From the distant runners, just remember, it's a simple process. Right foot, left foot, repeat. Now get to training.